0: With the S the Illness podcast, today's episode is about chronic illness and men, and discussing strength versus weakness we to chronic illness. In the first episode we did, Michael was with us, and there was something that he said in that episode that really kind of got me thinking, and it was about what had happened when he was diagnosed with um, his kidney disease, especially after his lupus, and how he had kind of shed away from everybody. And it really got me thinking about this topic of men specifically showing strength versus weakness and all of that. Um, so let's start with just kind of introducing everybody. So Michael, if people have seen the first episode, they already know you already, otherwise not. So why don't you introduce yourself first and then we'll go on to Sean. Well,
1: hello everyone. I'm Michael Martin. Um... I'm um, post-kidney transplant, had my transplant May 25th, 2018, and I'm back again. Thank you for having
2: me.
0: <laughs> I love it. And Sean?
2: Hi, I'm Sean Pez. I live in Australia, hence the time zones. Uh, it's nine o'clock in the morning for me. I'm post-liver transplants, uh, July 5th, uh, last year, and a multitude of uh, illnesses.
0: That's amazing. Wow. Uh, so yeah let's start with that actually real quick just so we can get a little backstory sean so what brought you to your liver transplant what are your other chronic illnesses i know you had also mentioned me online separately but you had other chronic illnesses as well
2: okay so uh, i think i'm a bit bit like michael um, i've got an autoimmune condition called sarcoidosis which um leaves um, calcium granulomas in various organs in your body because your body's trying to overfight itself and so it started in my lungs and uh, then i had it in my um, uh, various other places in my balance and then eventually it started attacking my liver and uh, it got to a point where we monitored it for about 12 to 18 months and then my liver was basically um, not functioning properly so i was then put on the transplant list and i was on the list for seven months Um, and then obviously i was uh, part of my um, uh, condition before my liver transplant, I had um, sepsis, kidney failure, um, golden staph, uh, and I've since had diverticulitis and, and depression, so I've had a lot to, lot to be going, oh, plus I'm just going through a divorce at the same time, so there's quite a few stories, there's quite a few stories there, most of them are inextricably as well to, to my condition, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, it's been a tough couple of years. Wow, that's amazing! Yeah, wow.
0: And the kidney failure—did it resolve itself before the liver <laughs> transplant or after?
2: When yeah, it- the kidney—basically, fa- I had a had a massive infection, and they they treated it with a drug called vancomycin. But they gave me they gave me two two bags of this stuff without checking what it was doing to my kidneys, and it actually shut my kidneys down. And so I had to have uh, straight into the uh, ICU, and then five days of dialysis. To get that stuff out of me that they put in, so my, my GFR went down to a six, which is uh, pretty chronic. Yep. And uh, it's now become, it's getting better now, but my anti anti rejection drugs are still impacting my kidneys. So I'm now at about a forty-eight to fifty, where really I should be at seventy to eighty. So it's constant monitoring at the moment, but I'm coping. With right. Yep. yep. Wow. wow, that's
0: amazing. Um. Okay. So. What for each of you, Michael, you talk about this a little bit in our first episode, but just to kind of recap, what was life like for you before your chronic illnesses first, and then um, we'll get into a little bit more of like after, like what was your day to day? What made you feel strong? What was your outlook? What were those types of things like?
1: Before. Mm -hmm. So... My day-to-day and my just whole outlook on life before, and I kind of mentioned it to you previously, was I've always been an athlete my entire life. Since five, I've played sports, particularly football and baseball, my entire life. Um, So even after college and everything, um, I was still very active. Trained every day. Um, I would eat pretty much healthy, maybe 70, 30. and was always very active, and was always in very good shape. And um, just being transparent, you know, I would always be the one where everyone would say, well, wow, you know, you look good. You work out. What do you do? You know, what do you do? And that becomes a part of you, or at least it became a part of me, Um, you know. And it was just one of the many masks that I was wearing and and proud of, you know, being in shape, being healthy, and, and feeling good because it was mental just as well as physical. You know, if you look good, you feel good, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So before, so when I started getting sick and was diagnosed with, with lupus, my appearance was still the same except for the hair. Um, so I just shaved it off and kept going. Mm -hmm. When the lupus attacked my kidneys, I was diagnosed with lupus nephritis. Um, As I told you, I went from 205 to 159 pounds in about two and a half weeks.
0: I don't think you mentioned that in the first episode.
1: Well, yes. Yes. That's how I knew something was wrong. I I didn't know. I I wasn't diagnosed with kidney disease yet. I knew I had the lupus, but in two and a half weeks, I went from 205 to 159. You know, still working out. Of course, I didn't feel the same, but being a man, mentally, I'm okay. I'm not, I'm not going to rest. There's no need to go to the doctor. I'm going to keep going, but I'm losing weight, losing weight. During this time, I may have looked at myself once in the mirror because I knew something was wrong. I didn't want to. Um, and finally went to the ER, and they said, well, we can't find anything. You've got a fever, but everything else is fine. They sent me home. After that, I looked in the mirror, and if you go from 205, and mm-hmm. my 205, it was, it was muscle. It was, you know, it was there. It was well put together.
0: Mm-hmm. To
1: 159, um, I probably hadn't weighed that much since maybe, I don't know, ninth grade in high school, mm-hmm. you know, before I even started really working out and lifting. Um, to losing all that muscle and watching atrophy really, really affected me as a person and especially as a male that had always been seen as being a strong per se physical, you know, specimen. Um, and that did more to me mentally than it did physically. And I didn't understand. And that went on for about, I live in South Carolina, um, back and forth to the hospital for about six, seven weeks. And finally went down to Atlanta to Emory. And that's when they told me that my kidneys were, they were failing. Right. And I never got back. um, And that was 2015 when the weight loss thing happened. I didn't got my transplant last year. So it was very, I mean, I wasn't able to work out like I wanted to. Um, And we talk about men with strength, but also my mental strength because I didn't look like I used to, and that affected me in every day, and not being able to work out, and not being able to control as before I could. Well, oh gosh, if I put on a couple pounds, I could do a little, clean up my eating a couple days, right. do a little extra cardio, clean it up, a little bit more water, and be fine. I could you know, as, as you know, when you have kidney disease, you transform almost.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, you,
1: I mean, I look back at pictures and I'm like, wow, you know, you don't really, really see it until, you know, after. And it really affected me not being able to um, be that guy and right. have no control over, the, over, no control over the situation. I was completely lost, which led to depression, which, you know, my self-confidence went down um, because I didn't have control. I didn't like the way that I looked. I didn't like the way that I feel felt. Um, didn't want to leave the house. Um, didn't want anyone to see me because it wasn't me putting on clothes that I used to be able to put on and look good in. Seeing, wow. I mean, that's you know, two hundred five to one fifty nine, one sixty. That it's a lot of weight, whether it's fat, muscle, or whatever it is. Um, so that affected me a lot. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's, I mean. That's that's a lot of weight. I'm surprised they didn't say anything when you were like at the hospital or whatever or notice or, you know, weighed you or anything and been like, oh, no, something must really be going on. That's a huge weight loss. Well, but, well
1: see, but... and, and speaking of weighing at the hospital, that's when I realized how much mm. I was so weak. They weighed me in the bed. You know how they weigh you in the yep. bed if you can't get up? And I said, no, that can't be right. You know, it, there's no way. 159 pounds? There's no way. And they were like, Yeah. And so when I went home and saw myself, it was like, I'm sick. I don't know what's wrong, but something. Wow. Is is wrong. And from there mentally it was I was wiped.
0: Wow. That's that's amazing. And Sean, what about you? What was life like before and leading into
2: it? Um, I've had sarcoid for ten years. So um I knew I was um, never going to be perfectly in, in good health. Um, and this, so having sarcoid has a lot of um, different um, problems that it brings. I was always tired a lot of the time. But even having sarcoid for that amount of time, I mean, I moved to Australia 10 years ago. I've had it um, for, whilst I've been here, I met my wife whilst I was still sick and I explained to her that, Look, I um, and, you know, we dealt with everything else that came with that. But when I started to have ill-health health due to my liver, then the, you know, so of deathless do part kind of thing, I really stretched it to be perfectly better. And we probably had 10 marriages worth of health issues crammed into a couple of years. And it was really difficult us to maintain that kind of happy marriage when... I was just constantly sick. I was in hospital for a lot of the time. We had to work as well, and it was really difficult. And even with all of that going on, um, you knowing that I was sick, we still had a good life. You know, we had a couple of Labradors. We didn't have any kids. Um, part of part of the reasons we didn't have any kids was also methotrexate to um, treat my sarcoid, which is a female drug, and that impacts your obviously ability to produce sperm, etc. So. Um, and we had a three-file IBS as well, which could be down to stress, it could be down to a multitude of things. Um, so it really put pressure on us as a, as a, as a couple. Um, and um, even after my transplant, we still never got back to where we were pre-transplant, um, just because of just so much, so much stress and pressure and arguing. And I was grumpy as hell when I was in the hospital and difficult to get on with, you know. And, um, I still mind. I still have to work. Um, you know, not in a position where I don't have to work. I'm a contractor, so I only get paid when I work. So that adds a level of stress as well. I mean, luckily for me, um, we have a reciprocal healthcare agreement with the UK. So my transplant was done on Medicare. So I didn't have to have um, any specific insurance or. Have to weigh in with like $600,000 for an operation and medicine, you know, just like I mean, I, I'm a member of a lot of forums, and I see a lot of stories of people in the states that don't have insurance and are just dying on the list because they just can't get treated. And it's absolutely to mm-hmm. me having a physical agreement is such a benefit, but conversely, it's shocking to see how you guys have to deal with it uh, in the states from a medical perspective. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I wouldn't have a weird transplant on any, anybody, but I'm so grateful for having to being able to get one and being in a position where I am now. So I'm back at work full time. Um, in terms of mentally, um, being ill made me a different person. Um, I'm not as happy go lucky as I was. Um, you lose a lot of friends socially as well, which you don't realize, but your social circle, people. That they won't admit it, but they don't really like having people that are sick around them all the
0: time. <laughs> That's yep.
2: so, so my friends, I used to be the life and soul of the party, and all of a sudden, you know, you go out and you just don't have people come around to your house anymore and um, mm-hmm. lose touch with them. And all of a sudden, it's a really lovely place when you need to be around people. And that just plays on your mind, you know. It sent me into a to depression, uh, which didn't help. The marriage either, uh, my wife was then depressed. So it's a massive vicious circle. That uh, I'm, we've only been separated two months. Um, mm. We we still talk. You know, was it the right decision? But yeah, it had a massive impact on, on where I am now. And, and, and even then, moving forward, I'll never be the same person as I was as I was. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it changes you, right? It
0: changes everything about. Who you are to an extent moving forward, and yeah. um, you touched on something really interesting that I hear a lot about online, and it is relationships ending. And due to yeah. like I hear that a lot, and it's something that you know is always kind of in the back of my mind as someone who's still single is like, well, if I find someone, like you should see me when I get in a relationship close I'm like no do you understand what dialysis is do you understand like it's like a drill like I want to go make them to go to a dialysis center and see I'm like don't see it now because now I'm okay but the future is these things you need to fully grasp that because yeah. more than you think it is so I can oh, only imagine
2: don't steal my idea but I thought why don't we have matchmaking for people with chronic illnesses so it kind of cuts, cuts out all of that. You know, what's wrong with you? You just know from the start. Right. I mean, me, but...
0: You just, you totally just understand it from the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, that That's a good idea. You should totally start that, Sean. <laughs>
2: oh, my
0: God. Okay. So that was a, a really good point. And, you know, we were just... Just to kind of like recap that a little bit um now that you guys have had your transplants what changed if anything um from before
2: you got it, michael <laughs>
1: okay what changed from from before i would say um for me personally what changed is being even more particular about everything that I put into my body mm. um health wise um, you know where before I used to kind of just well, okay, I can go off I'm more strict than I've ever been about my self care um, right. just from the simple fact I don't want to go back or or be back, whether that's helping or not, I think that's what's changed for me i'm i I mean I'm strict, you know i i watch every single thing. People think I'm, just, I'm anal with it all the time, but every little thing that I put into my body, I, I, research, it, I research it, I look at it. Um, I ask questions if I'm not sure. And if I'm not sure, I don't eat it or drink it or put it in my body. Um, I think for me, that has changed the most. Um, also, I've noticed to where I'm more of um, caring and passionate about things that before I probably wouldn't have just because I've gone through something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm more sympathetic or I have more empathy towards other people. Um, no matter the situation where if it's a disease or personal problems, um, I'm more of a listener now to them. Um, probably because that's what I wanted when I was going through what I was going through. Someone just to listen. So I think it made me a healthier person or at least the aspect of being a healthier person and a better listener to to people not even just friends but to people in general um, if someone wants to talk to, to me about something or anything instead of well I'll call you back or you know I'm not interested I'll listen because it could make that person's day and I know there were times when I was sick and going through it that I just wish sometimes I had someone to talk
2: to
0: right no, that makes sense.
2: What about you, Sean? Um, I think for me, um, since I had my transplant, I kind of expected life to be perfect, and it's not. Um, there are obviously positives. I'm still here. Um, I have the ability to work. I don't get as tired as I used to be. But conversely, uh, obviously my marriage is broken up, I have depression, and I still have pain. Um, I have pain in my, in, in my transplant area. Um, I have to go to um, my clinic, uh, used to be once a week, then it's once every uh, few weeks, and now I go once a month. But um, you just like Michael said, you constantly, whenever I get a twinge or a pain or something else, I think the total worst, uh, you know, I think, oh, my God, I'm dying. But, you know, I'll go to the doctor a lot more. I'll go to a lot, a lot more. Um, just because you know, that's such extreme pain and extreme pain, things happen to me everything that happens to me i think i think everything. so it, it swings and roundabouts for me um obviously i'm grateful for having a transplant and still being here but i still haven't readjusted my life to be as positive as it should be after having a life-changing experience i'm still struggling with that so my, my aim is to obviously try and be as fit as looking as michael is um but also just try and be healthy in my outlook. Like, um, to, I need some self-improvement moving forward, um, and that's something I've got to work on. But when you when you have depression and a number of other things, to do, you have to find positivity and something to move forward. When you've got that always holding you back, so it's it's, it's not a quick process for me. Um, I'm a year and four months after my transplant there, and I still think I've got another you know year. Trying to sort sort out my mind. I mean, my, my work's going great. That's the only thing that's stable in my life at the moment is my work. And I'm just trying to make everything else as positive as that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Thank
0: you for being so open about that because yeah. that's, you know, I think a lot of people, men and women, even though, you know, we're talking a little bit more about men today, but a lot of people can relate to that because you have, you know, all these things going on and the depression and everything else, but there's also the medications that probably aren't helping. <laughs> exactly
2: right. I agree.
1: True. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, no. so, <laughs> yeah. yeah many, I
2: don't know which one's doing what, to be perfectly honest. I'd say probably 15 tablets a day. Mm-hmm.
0: And each um, one, you know, several of them have all these emotional mood side effects and, you know, exactly so right. it's a really yeah. tricky, tricky balancing act and you're right it does take time but it's so amazing that you are aware of how you feel and speaking about it and because there's going to be people listening who can relate to that because it's very real and happens to most if not almost all i'm sure people with some type of illness at some stage i agree it's very realistic um, I want to take this time and pause for a second. We're going to do our second part of the episode in a minute. And when we come back, what I'd like to talk about is really kind of now narrow down into relationships and your view for both of you of what you thought strength was, what you thought weakness was before, and what you think it is now, and how that may or may not have changed. I wanna thank you both for starting this talk with me and we'll be back for part two. Thank you guys so much. I'm really enjoying this discussion. I think a lot of people will be able to benefit from this.
1: Thank you.